Good afternoon, saints of God. I trust that I find you well. Um, this is the first teaching we have of our school of prosperity. This is something that I've been led to do um, according to the wisdom of God. And I pray that um, those that are participating and those that are part and parcel of the groups, you will benefit immensely from these teachings. These are the words of God, I believe, for us in this time and in this season, that we may understand the way or the ways of prosperity that we may be found in the ways of prosperity. Prosperity covers various areas, but when we're talking about the school of prosperity, firstly, um, or initially, we're going to be talking about financial prosperity. And there is a reason why the Lord has led us to share in this wisdom we may not have time on sundays because we only meet once a week to share in this wisdom so we are using this platform for the next few weeks every monday to friday i will be sharing a teaching on prosperity because god has ordained certain wisdom necessary for this time certain wisdom necessary for this season certain wisdom necessary for the time ahead i pray that uh, you all receive hearing ears i pray that you all receive ears that will help you to understand some things I will say plainly, clearly, and some things I will not say plainly, but they will be found in the depths of the teaching. When you can put two and two together with the ears of the Spirit, you may then begin to understand what I'm saying. So be patient with the journey uh, of the teachings because they're going to be a lot. So we're going to start bit by bit, getting into the depths of the teaching and um, the wisdom of the season. So this is just the first lesson, but as we will be going, certain things will be coming more clearer, and as we will be going, there are certain nuggets I'm going to be dropping, which will be clear, and then some will not be so clear. All right. The next thing I can say is, please don't share these audios with anyone who is not part of the groups they are strictly for people who have said they want to partake of the messages don't share these audios with anyone who is not a part of this group unless they are your spouse um you are married and your partner is not in the group yes i can allow that but if you if you want to give your friends your relatives for now please do not because there are some things we may be saying in the future which may be for us only um to hear which may be for the saints of god and royal house embassy only to hear so without taking too much time i want us to begin to talk 
or to begin to go into our first lesson today, um, which will be a foundational lesson to allow us to to continue uh, to go into our second lesson tomorrow. And I believe I am speaking to some people who have a desire at a certain level to prosper financially. There is no sin in desiring to be financially able, financially wide, to have financial capacity. Um, but the issue is not only about desiring prosperity. Everyone may want prosperity to a certain level, I believe. But the issues are also about making decisions and living a life that backs your desire to walk in wealth and financial prosperity. So you want prosperity. You want to be someone with wide financial capacity, wide financial ability. But you must then have decisions that are expressed in your lifestyle which back your desire to walk in wealth and financial prosperity. So what am I saying? I'm saying your lifestyle must be evidence that you desire prosperity. Your lifestyle must be evidence that you desire prosperity. The decisions that you make must take you towards increased financial capacity the choices which you make, the life eventually then which you live must become or must take you, uh, uh, the life eventually which you live must be a product of the choices and the decisions you have made which will take you towards financial prosperity. Now, prosperity can also be a function of our environment or our surroundings, our physical territory and location where we stay in. Okay, so I'm going to take it uh, bit by bit, but this is one of the first things that I need you to understand, that prosperity can be a function of the physical environment you live in at a macro level. So I'm saying prosperity can be a function of the nation you're dwelling in. It can be a function of the city you are living in. It can be a function of the town you're dwelling in. It can be a function of the regional block that you're your country is a part of. Um, it can be a, a function of the regional um, influences that flow in specific regions of a continent to back or to push forward prosperity among a certain block or a certain group of nations. So prosperity at a macro level 
large scale level and at the micro level at a more individualized scale is a function or can also be a function of your physical environment prosperity can be a function of your physical environment to the wise i pray that you will be writing certain key points as i go looking in the book of genesis you're going to find that adam was given a place a garden in eden the place was in the east of eden and god created a localized environment for him called a garden god created or made manifest the whole earth the vegetation was all over but adam was not placed all over the earth adam was given a specific location for his operation on the earth now in this garden you'll find that the physical environment which adam received was an environment which enabled flourishing it was an environment which attracted peace it was an environment which contained peace it was an environment which the trees were fruitful by themselves the ground produced water by itself all adam had to do was to tend and to keep the garden so adam was placed in an environment which was thriving so because of the environment adam was automatically operating in prosperity because of the location which he was in the stability the peace of the garden became the stability and the peace of adam the prosperity found in the garden the abundance the diversity found in the garden became the access for adam to diversity and to fruitfulness and to abundance whatsoever the garden had it was then the level which adam the man was operating from so adam was put in a thriving functioning prosperous environment when man fell and then adam was dislocated from the garden you will then find god saying adam you are now going to labor to receive yield from the ground things which he was not doing in the garden he was now going to be found doing them 
outside the garden. Which tells me that there are locations which can make it easy for you to prosper. And locations which you have to then put more effort for you to access the prosperity in that location. Because God said to Adam, you will eat, but you will then have to eat after sweating. You will then have to eat after laborious communication with the land and with the soil. So the difference in locations produced different levels of effort. In the garden, Adam had just to tend and to keep the garden, just to keep it going. Minimal effort. He was laboring, but it was minimal. He was put in an already functioning system in the garden. Outside of the garden, that's when God said, thorns and thistles the ground will give. Things which were not found in the garden. Because there are physical locations on the earth which can give you thorns and thistles and you have to fight against those thorns and thistles to prosper. Oh. Now, follow me very well. So, we are talking about prosperity which is tied to a location. Prosperity, which is tied to a physical environment. Prosperity, which is tied to a place. Now, Jeremiah chapter number 29 verse 7 says, And seek, Jeremiah 29 verse 7 says, And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captives. Okay? God has ordained that the people of Israel should be carried away as captives to Babylon. And the prophetic word is further coming through Jeremiah to say, look for the peace of the city. Think about the peace of the city. Go for the peace of the city. Work towards the peace of the city which I have caused you to dwell in. I have caused you to be carried away as captives. But where I have caused you to go in Babylon, seek for the peace of that city. And pray to the Lord for it. For in the peace of that city, thereof, you shall have peace. So in other words, God is saying, if you guys want peace in Babylon, seek it and pray for it. Because if Babylon has peace, you will have peace. If Babylon has war, you will have war. So the peace of the Israelites is now a function of the location they are dwelling in. Whilst in Israel, Whilst they were in obedience to God, they had peace. In disobedience to God, they were punished. And God allowed them to be taken as prisoners of war to Babylon. But God is saying, guys, in the location where you are, seek for its peace, number one. 
pray for its peace, number two. Which means every action which you must take in Babylon must be an action which promotes peace for Babylon. That's number one. Number two, pray for the peace of the land of Babylon. Why? If Babylon has peace, you will have peace. Your prosperity can be a function of your physical environment which you are dwelling in. Whatever adversity attacks that physical environment, it can also attack your prosperity. Whatever environment attacks, whatever adversity rather attacks the environment you are dwelling in, it can also attack your prosperity, your peace. So there are many influences we're going to be looking at bit by bit, which when they rise, they can eventually attack your peace, your progress, and your prosperity in the land which you dwell in. Prosperity can be found in a location. So analyze the land where you are living in right now and the environment which you dwell in. As I'm going to be teaching for this first lesson today and maybe the second one, but I would want to cover the location aspect completely, then we move on to another aspect which we may dwell on for probably the rest of this week. Think about that. Your physical environment which you dwell in, whatsoever happens to it, it can affect your prosperity. In Exodus chapter 1 verse number 8, after Israel had had a general time of peace in the land of Goshen, which had been appointed to them by Pharaoh and Joseph. And the Israelites had begun to grow and multiply as a people. In the land that Pharaoh had appointed for them through the request of Joseph. In Exodus chapter number 1 verse 8, the scripture says, now they arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, so and so get them up out of the land. All right? This was a statement which was said by one in Egypt. But this statement was only said when a new leader 
a new political leader arose who knew not Joseph, who forgot what Joseph did for the land of Egypt. And when he forgot, or rather who did not know, he, he didn't even have opportunity to forget. He didn't even know what Joseph did. He comes in with a new policy. He assesses the growth of the Israelites and he begins to see the Israelites as a threat because of their physical number. And he implements policies that are ratified by the law of the land. Let us make things more difficult for them to inhibit them from growing. And they began to abuse and to harass the Israelites. So you can imagine, after having had years of peace and increase in Goshen, and things were going well for them, just a political change of a leader coming into place who did not know Joseph. The death of the man who knew Joseph, it signified for them together with the rise of the death of a leader who knew Joseph and the rising of a leader who did not know Joseph. It signified for the Israelites a change in their general peace and prosperity. The ease with which they were finding life, it shifted because of the rise of a political leader. So you can find that at a national level, your prosperity can be influenced by decisions which are made by government and political leaders. Your progress, your prosperity, it can be limited, it can be influenced, it can be shifted, it can be adjusted suddenly by policy which is put in place by political leaders. Because, remember, territories are governed by leaders. Territories are governed by people appointed and put in place to rule and to govern those territories. The law of the land, the systems of the land, can be set in such a way that it becomes unfavorable towards your prosperity. So for you to progress, for you to prosper, it then needs serious adjustments because you have the very system of the land fighting against your progress 
and your prosperity. Your prosperity is tied to your physical location or the land of your dwelling. When now Moses appears to the Israelites, he is coming, remember, with a message to say, guys, it's time for us to move. God is saying, depart from this place. Let us go to Canaan, a location, a land of milk and honey. Because now the conditions are adverse against you. The conditions are difficult for you. God is saying change location. That was the solution that God gave to the Israelites at that time. It's time for you to leave. That you may go to your own Canaan. A land of milk and honey. Now, these two examples show us that there is a connection between the availability of prosperity and the physical location where one can be dwelling. So you can find that at times your income levels are affected or income levels in certain fields of specificity in the marketplace are affected by shifts in the physical environment or in the land where that marketplace is operating. What happens in the physical environment influences the marketplace. What happens in the physical territory influences the marketplace. It is important to understand your physical environment and what forces are at play which control and influence the marketplace in the country of your dwelling. At a larger level, at a much larger level, there are shifts which can happen globally. There are shifts which can happen globally. And when these shifts happen globally, they then have an impact on what happens in different geographical territories and therefore in different economies. So you have to know as a believer how to 
navigate even seasons which come against nations because of a global influence. There are things that can come against nations and it becomes a global influence. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Okay. I just wanted to see what exactly I can give you next. Let me follow my order here because I wanted to go ahead a bit. But anyway, let's flow. Let's flow. So you'll find that there are global events which we'll look at ahead or give you some examples which can happen. And when they happen, they have influences in other nations. In nations which supply oil, if they increase the oil barrel price, then importers also then have to increase their selling price at home and then the pump price for fuel and the like it then goes up but the pump price didn't start by going up what shifted was the purchase price of the oil where it is sourced. So there are some changes in certain nations where if those changes occur, those shifts occur, there is a trickle-down effect to other geographical territories. Now, I need you to get this very clear. You have to know as a believer how to navigate through seasons that can come upon nations, upon your maybe specifically your physical nation where you dwell in, but it can be a season that can come upon many nations or upon your physical nation. Now, we will find that in the word of God, there are seasons and times like these which are called famines. And there are quite a few, quite a number of famines which are mentioned in the Bible, which I've been led to study and look at. Because famines affected regions and when these famines affected regions, it affected the behavior of the people. But the famine was never the end of the story for the people. 
there are ways which help them to overcome in seasons and times of famine. So a famine may come upon the globe and it affects your residence, your physical territory, your domain where you operate your business from, your domain where you are operating from, your domain where your career is finding expression, the domain where the work of your hands is finding expression. A famine can come, maybe specifically for a country or for a a, a region, a specific region in a continent or a specific continent or for a large number of nations. Or it can come on bigger nations from whom other smaller nations are dependent on. But the crux of it is your environment can end up being influenced and impacted by famine. So there are certain keys that the Holy Spirit has been teaching me and enabling me to see and has led me to teach you because it is necessary for you to know how to operate in seasons of famine, how to be prosperous in such times and how to dominate such seasons. Because a famine has like a pulling force. It pulls you away from prosperity. It separates you from prosperity. It separates you from harvest because it affects the yield level. It affects the harvest level. So when famines come, they come to strike levels of prosperity and lessen them and pull them down. The famine comes to lessen your yield, to lessen your harvest. So the famine pulls you away from prosperity. It pulls people from high levels of productivity, high levels of prosperity, and it draws them towards dryness and lack. It draws them towards dryness and lack. It draws them towards dryness and lack. Now, we're going to read from Proverbs chapter number 6. From Proverbs chapter number 6. And I want to read from verse 6. We are learning about prosperity here. Prosperity in a place. And prosperity being influenced by the shifts which surround the place of your domain. 
Proverbs chapter number 6, verse 6 to 8. Go to the end, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. The ISV says, go to the end, you lazy man. Observe its ways and become wise. It has no commander, officer, or ruler, but prepares its provisions in the summer and gathers its food in the harvest. I'll take it again. Go to the end, you lazy man. Observe its ways and become wise. It has no commander, officer, or ruler, but prepares its provisions in the summer and gathers its food in the harvest. Now, the writer of this proverb, Solomon, is telling us that you can learn concerning prosperity. And I'm not giving you this scripture because you are lazy. No. You work hard. You are diligent. I am giving you this scripture because there is a level of wisdom expressed in this scripture. There are keys. There are pearls in this in these verses which I was given for you to make use of. Solomon is saying to the lazy man, if you want to learn, go to the end. Go to an end. Observe and become wise. So wisdom is coming by observation. Wisdom is coming from considering the ways of the end. But I need you to understand this, that for you to go to an end, to follow it, it takes time because the movement of an end may be very slow. It can be tedious as compared to the steps of a man. So imagine, let's not just rush over the scripture, go to the end. It's a painstaking process to watch an end move along the surface of the ground. To follow it. And to observe the end, you have to be down on your knees. You have to bow down. You have to look closely. You have to follow it. You have to observe. It may seem to go to the left and it may go back 
and then come right round again and continue to move forward. Seemingly having no consistent direction. But it's on an agenda. It's on a task and it's on a mission. Solomon is saying to the lazy man, there is no way you will learn if your heart is not filled with humility. Before you desire to learn from kings, learn from a lower form of creatures. Be humble. Be humble. Be humble. Because for someone to be told, go to the end, ah, that requires humility. So humility is a door, is a key that opens a way for wisdom to flow. And this season, and in these teachings, this is why we didn't send to everyone. And I didn't send to everyone on the groups. This is why I didn't commit myself to do that. Because the, when wisdom is present, you have to pursue it. This is why when someone is listening, they may not be paying due diligence, due attention. Why? They have no level of humility in their heart which can keep them focused to observe. Because this message may be as minuscule and may seem in form in the way that it has been delivered via your phone. It may seem so obscure, so unimportant like the end. But if you observe, you may find your heart will be filled with wisdom. Wisdom is coming from considering the ways of an end. But that alone requires humility. Now, what is the way of the end which has been detailed? What is the way of the end which has been detailed? The way of the end which has been detailed is that it doesn't have a commander, an officer or a ruler. But the end prepares its provisions in the summer and gathers its food in the harvest. Another version says, but they prepare their food during the summer. They get it at the time of harvest to prepare for winter. The ant provided her meat in the summer and gathereth and it gathers at the harvest what it will eat. Okay. 
So the writer is saying, Solomon is saying, ah, you observe how the end goes about during the summer season, during the time of grain cutting or gathering grain. It stores away food. It stores away food for the winter season which will come. So get this. The actions of the end are determined by the knowledge that it will not remain summer season. It will not remain grain cutting season. Follow me very well. I'm going to come back to the end. Get this. This is the same wisdom which Joseph advised to Pharaoh. And Joseph said, set apart one-fifth of your national harvest for seven years in order to keep back a harvest for the seven years of farming ahead. There are seven years of prosperity. There is a season of summer for the end. And then there is seven years of famine. There is a season of winter for the end. Seven years of prosperity for Joseph and Egypt. A summer season for the end. Seven years of famine for Joseph and Egypt. And a winter season for the end. The ways of the end are tied with the wisdom of Joseph. And this tells us, Solomon is saying, observe, consider, that usage of time must be wise. The seasons may not remain as summer seasons or seven years of prosperity. The seasons may not remain full of abundance, full of opportunities, full of calm, full of peace, full of productivity, which is high, full of prosperity. After that season, there may come another season of winter, another season of seven years of famine. So from Joseph and the end, we learn this. You must always use your summertime, your present prosperity to prepare well 
and to communicate for future seasons. From Joseph and the end, we learn that you must always use your present prosperity, your summertime, to prepare well and communicate with your future seasons. Using today to communicate with your future. Joseph used seven years to communicate with a time ahead. Joseph used the first seven years of a 14-year period to communicate with the last seven years of a 14-year period. We're talking about the ways of prosperity. Use today, not only for today, but to create a secure tomorrow for yourself. And it has to be a mindset. It has to be a conscious effort. It has to be something that you do willingly, something which drives your decision making, something which pushes the way you do things. It has to be a conscious effort to use today, not only for today, but to use today to, to create a secure tomorrow for yourself. So, child of God, as you are working, laboring in the marketplace, you are working to communicate not just with your present, you are working not only for your present, but for your future. Hear this. If the ant gathers to consume only, it will struggle in winter. If the Egyptians consume all their harvests for seven years, they will struggle in the seven years of famine. If the Egyptians for the first seven years of prosperity consume everything, use up everything, they will struggle in the seven years of famine because they have not used their present prosperity to secure peace, calm, and stability for themselves tomorrow. If the ant gathers to consume only, it will struggle in winter. I'll have to say that again. If the Egyptians consume every harvest for these first seven years, they will struggle in the next period of seven years of famine. In order to walk in prosperity, you must not misuse seasons of harvest through total consumption of your harvest. 
in order to walk in prosperity you must not misuse seasons of harvest by total consumption of your harvest you cannot walk in prosperity when all the resources that you earn are tied to consumption you cannot walk in prosperity when all the resources that you earn are tied to consumption but by consumption i just say use and consumption differs but i don't want to talk about that now okay uh, there are different classifications of consumption but we're not talking about that now you cannot walk in prosperity when all the resources that you earn are tied to consumption you must not earn to use alone but you must earn to communicate with your future you don't work you don't labor you don't operate in the marketplace for consumption alone but you also operate in the marketplace with your future in mind and it's a mindset you have to live by using your resources wisely and you have to fight to do so because this may involve breaking some negative and unnecessary habits which have created a lifestyle for you which is full of consumption and there are times when we can live above i want to say this with all wisdom there are times when we can live a lifestyle which is very hard to maintain but we can only maintain it by laboring to consume anything that comes in it goes out you're left with nothing and it's a hard life to live like that because working like that you are only working to uh, to meet up with your next income you are only working to 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 then say ah when is my next uh, salary when is my next sale when is my next commission when is my next customer when is my next client because everything that is coming in you are using everything that is coming in is something already waiting for it to consume it and we can never be prosperous like that we can never be prosperous by consuming okay someone can be saying i mean of god what about what if i earn you know the the, the the consumption is necessary and i'm left with nothing we'll talk about that but maybe not now now we have to take it uh, bit by bit but I'll, I'll, I'll address all of those things because there are questions that people obviously will be coming up with and reasons and justifications as we are going okay be patient with me <laughs> uh we'll look at all of that you can't live 
a life of total consumption of resources of income of profit no you can't live like that use your time wisely to fight lack who explain more looking at this same scripture but i really want to emphasize that that wise usage of time you can't be laboring to consume you work one week to consume what you have worked for in a day and then you work the other two weeks for it to be consumed by the landlord and then you work another week for the amount will go to food to eat only. It's a it's a it's 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 a hard life to live. Because you are an absent or a delayed salary away from chaos. You are a delayed salary away from financial chaos. You are a delayed salary away from financial confusion. Verse 9 of Proverbs chapter number 6. And we'll read that scripture and we'll conclude our first lesson for today. And then tomorrow we'll pick it up from verse 9. And we'll also reference verse 6 to 8 again tomorrow um, and then we will begin to explain more practically what it means what then can you do to use your time wisely how then can you break a lifestyle of working for consumption use your time wisely this name says how long will you lie down lazy man when will you get down from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come on you like a bandit. And your desperation, another version says your want, another version says your scarcity or your need will come on you like an armed man. Verse 9 says, how long will you sleep? How long will you lie down, lazy man? When will you get up from your sleep? Prosperity itself requires action. It requires movement. No one ever broke the back of poverty by lying down or by sleeping there has to be activity which is being undertaken either mental activity which leads to physical activity in the marketplace but there has to be conditioned movement towards prosperity you don't walk into prosperity by lying down you don't break 
poverty by sleep or by lazing around or by saying things are tough i don't know what to do prosperity requires you to rise up to say i'm going to move towards prosperity because it's not going to come to you tomorrow we'll also look at what that sleep means but you have to break the back of leg god loves these people god loves you and he wants you to prosper i honestly believe with all my heart that god doesn't want his people to be poor and as much as we preach about god's love god's goodness god's mercy i think there's also room for practicality in teaching so that we don't miss the mind of god here on this earth concerning prosperity how long will you be sleeping when will you get up for you from your sleep a little sleep a little rest a little folding of the hands to sleep a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands to rest verse 10 verse 11 says and your poverty will come upon you like a bandit and your desperation like an armed man this is how poverty operates it operates like a robber it operates like an armed man it comes suddenly against the person not aware of its operations and there is a word from there there is a word from there we have to be aware because when we are aware it cannot creep up on us suddenly tomorrow we'll continue from verse 9 we'll read verse 9 again verse 10 and verse 11 but look at the operations of how poverty comes it's like a robber an armed man who comes to bring a person into loss god bless you thank you for partaking of today's lesson number one may you find grace continually in all things may the mercy of god continue to speak for you meditate on these messages may god's mercy may god's goodness and god's favor establish you always amen